everybody, Chris Swanson, Sheriff of Genesis County, back again for another episode of Black and Blue. I've got two guests. You probably have seen them before. Got my man John now, Alan Bay, and Danny Haroni. 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 What nationality is that? Lebanese. Lebanese. Say it. Come on, you gotta say Habibi. Ah, yalla Habibi, and Hayi. Now, here's the crazy thing. You're gonna know about the backgrounds, and folks that follow Black and Blue probably know. But you can go back because both these guys were on an episode. But how many years were you in? 28 years. 28? 27 and a half. 20, okay. I'm going to go 20. I'm going to round up. Okay. So between John L. and wow. Danny, 29 and 28 years, we're talking almost 60 years of incarceration. And both of them are here because they have completely transformed their lives. Wow. Isn't that crazy? As of this episode... <laughs> John L. just celebrated four years off paper. And for those that don't know what that means, that means that means nobody, he doesn't have to report to anybody. And he's been free for four years, March 20th, 2022. Yeah. That's a big deal for you. Huge deal. Yeah. Huge deal. One of the things that really resonated with me a few days when I reflected is that I've only been in society 27 years. What? Okay. Because I went to prison at 23 years old. And now I'm home for four years. Four and 23 is 27. So the majority of my adult life, all of it was spent incarcerated. Oh my gosh. And it dawned on me that my children have been home in society longer than me. Wow. So that's like... Wow, right? Yeah, that's a blessing, though. Absolutely. It, it's a blessing, but just to, to think about um, mm. is just wild. Yeah, you I, know. I think it just, you know, and when I say it's a blessing, I mean it because I'm sure you've seen it and I've saw it uh, so many times because you're gone 27 years. 29. You know, 29 years. I'm, I'm 27, 27 years old. Uh, <laughs> because you were gone 29 years right. and you weren't there to guide your children, mm. many times I saw, anyways, the sons taking the father's place in prison. Right. Because they didn't have that guidance and stuff. So right. the fact that your family, your sons, your daughters are, have been out here longer than you were definitely. is definitely a blessing. Oh, definitely a blessing. Uh, I, but I, I was looking at it from my emotional intelligence sure, and versus theirs because of the fact that they've lived through it. Then when you really break it down, um, if I was just grown at 16, right, it's even less. Mm. So... The learning curve that I go through, there's an expectation when you look at me that I just know everything, right? Because yeah. I'm doing this, but I'm learning every day. You know, I'm just, I'm learning how to maintain success, if mm. that makes sense. I know how to be successful, yeah. but how do you maintain it? Mm. And that's where I'm at now, trying to learn how to maintain excellence. So I'm going to ask some questions yeah. that both of you are going to answer, and we're going to have a lot of ground to cover. So oh, yeah. we're going to have to go this. So what'd you go to prison for? Second degree murder. And you went to state prison. State prison. Danny, what'd you go to prison for? Uh, it was a, a federal conspiracy case, drug conspiracy, and, and and other things that happened. I went to prison at 19. And you went to federal prison. Federal prison at 19. What's the difference between state and federal prison? John? Uh, I'm going to say the state's a lot more violent, and, and it, there's a misconception of club fed. That's a huge misconception. Uh, in the federal prison system, when you're in the high max, it's constant chaos. Uh, we don't have our own TVs. Um, you know, they passed an amendment uh, back in, I think, 1995, 1996 called the Zimmer Amendment. 
Um, it, was, it took out all the programming, took out all the different uh, groups we used to have, like, did you guys have NAACP groups and all that? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so they took all of that out of the federal prison system. Why? What would be the purpose um, of that? You know, listen, it would happen. It was that time, you know, and, and I don't want to point fingers, but I'm going to point fingers. Bill Clinton, mm -hmm. um, he had just lost that midterm election really bad. So it's a crime and, bill. And he wanted and to see, The crack see wars. Tough, the tough on crime. Anti-terrorist. So, Anti-terrorist. Act. Act. So they took out... You know, La Raza, which was the Hispanic organization. They took out JCs. They took out awesome, the NAACP. Yeah. Uh, they took all the weights out of the prisons. Any new prison couldn't have no kind of weights. Uh, they took out any kind of, uh, you know, let's say HBO or something, which the inmates, you know, paid for out of their the trust fund money, yeah, which is yeah. which is the money that comes like from the commissary. Absolutely. So when but I they just took out the access. Yeah, they took away all of it. Hmm. So. Um, they, they, all them pro, all that programming went, you know, out of the system. Uh, so I'm going to say from 1995 to just about 2018, 2019, the programming of the federal prison suffered tremendously, tremendously. Well, on the flip side, during that time period that you were in prison, yeah, you actually turned one of your cell blocks into a university. Absolutely, yeah, uh, a college dorm to uh, be established for an academia. Uh, setting an environment. I thought that was necessary to, I, I think when you talk about higher learning, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of education. That's why I support yeah. and I, I, I push at night agenda 24 seven because I know exactly what education does and how it modifies where you're going and puts you on a whole different mm -hmm. level where success, you can start to see it. Before education, most people don't even see success. You don't think it because you don't even understand what goes into it. And once you get that, that the felony starts to get smaller and you start to get more hope, right? And I believe that was important agenda to push. Um, did you go into prison with an education? Yeah, I did. What did you have at 23? Uh, I, at 23, I went for political science. My my dream was that I was going to be attorney. You know, my brother and my best friend, Glenn Cotton, we were going to have this big law firm and do great things. And I would be the first black uh, governor in this state. That was my dream. And then 10 minutes cost me 29 years and changed the whole tra trajectory of where I went. That's crazy, man. Okay. And um, got to prison. They had education. When I went, you know, it, it I got to point to something out though. Yeah. Now, not to get into your case, trust no. me, but uh -huh. your your decision wasn't ten minutes. Like, what do you mean? I mean, the things that you got jammed up on yeah. wasn't just a ten minute moment of your life. I would guess. Uh, well, at nineteen years old, um, what, what do you mean? Like it was uh, extended? Uh, uh, yeah, like, like like. I mean, listen. Uh, when you're young, you, you think you can get into certain situations. Yeah. Um, you know, my case a little bit more. Complex. Complicated. Um, it's a lot more complex. Uh, people who are familiar with it know the compl complications of it. Um, but you know, I know I never make no excuses. Right. Um, so for for myself, uh, you know, the the decisions I made at nineteen that led to my incarceration. I'm looking back now, knowing the science behind it. I understand. Right. I understand them now. Um, I understand very well because I know the science behind, you know, the cognitive, uh, you know, maturity of, right. of a nineteen year old, yeah. which is the same as a 17 or 16 year old. Absolutely. Um, so you make stupid decisions. Yes. Uh, in life. About who you're hanging well, with, what you're doing. Yeah, even at 23, even it's really at up to 25. I mean, um, I, you know, at 23 years old, I got ego, right? Yeah. And and uh, I'm from Flint. 
Yeah. So, you know, I take pride in that. Um, all my life I've been challenged because of the fact that education was a big room mm-hmm. in my home. So I have to always prove that I fit. That was same thing in prison. I had to prove that I fit because of the fact I didn't I didn't speak like others. I was a little bit different uh, because of the fact that I was educated. I remember a guy says, man, you got to be careful. You speak Queen English. I'm like, what is that? And uh, he told me, you know, you shouldn't be talking. What is Queen English? Talk. Right. And he thought that I talked too proper, you know, and, and then I had a reputation that, you know, I was a guy that talked proper, you know, and yet, you know, I, I've always liked to fight, you know, and uh, things happen, you know. I created, you know, my own identity because I never wanted to lose it. I've always been John L. from day one. I think it's important for people to hear, though, that in some cases it's complicated. In other cases, one 10-minute decision impacted the rest of your life and locked you up for 29 years. You didn't come from a bad family. You had a mom and dad. You grew up with with private schools. Yeah. But my point is like, that's how big decisions are in our life Absolutely. that you have to be conscious of because they have an impact. Yes. Uh, and they they have a, a major impact, but there's no regret. When I say regret, not that I don't regret taking a life, but doing the 29 years. The 29 years have opened up my eyes to be able to really understand people. I've dealt with some of the most heinous criminals in the world to some of the most best people that you could ever meet. Mm. And so that's what society is, right? There's extreme right and extreme left. And I've learned to be able to live with them and be able to see something positive in them, no matter what, you know? And I think that lesson there is allowed me to have uh, this platform and be in this space and be able to do the great things with the great Chris Lawson. I appreciate it, it's too kind. But I gotta point something else out. So I've seen a picture with you when you were locked up and it's you and you were surrounded by a bunch of folks that look like John L. Yes. yes. And John L. A lot of them were from Flint. I got it, oh nice, see? Eh? Yeah, we're good see. folks. My boys. And yeah. then I gotta ask this, cause I think if the lessons apply in prison for survival, maybe they can apply out on the real world. And that is when you two meet each other on the yard and you're you're Lebanese and you're a Flint and you're yeah. a black guy, mm-hmm. how, how do you cross over and how do you blend? Cause I've been told, cause I worked in jail, which is different, but there's, there's cliques, there's religious cliques, there's race cliques. How do people break those barriers in prison when your life depends on it? You know, I think for me, anyways, I always I, I get along with everybody. Um, you know, in prison, it's People's about person skill. Yeah. Well, it's also about you know your name. Yeah. You know, it's important in life. I don't care how rich you are, I don't care how poor you are, I don't care how powerful you are. In the end, all you have is your name. Um, you're either an honorable person, a person of integrity, or not. And that's what people respect. Mm-hmm. People don't respect you. People might fake like they like you because you're rich. You know, I see that a lot since I've been home, but it's about it's about literally your name, mm-hmm. integrity, yeah. and integrity is doing the right thing when nobody's looking. Even in prison, Even in prison. especially in prison, in prison especially, 
You, you know, so in, higher standard in a federal prison. No way. Absolutely higher oh, no, standard. Way higher. Standard. Way higher. Way higher than it. Okay, you yeah. gotta you gotta um, drill down on that when you get yeah. you gotta explain yeah. that. How is there a high standard among well, there, criminals? There's, there's, there's That's what people are gonna want to know. I'm listening. Hierarchies in prison. There's right. definitely hierarchies. There's different levels of offenses. There's different levels of sentences, and mm-hmm. there's different levels of you know whether you were a cooperator or not. There's right. different yeah. levels on everything, especially in federal prison. Um, and I'm sure for Janelle. Yeah. A state is, is a little more complicated because of the fact that um, the more time you do, the higher the custody you are, the more uh, violence it is, the more um, it's a different world. Mm-hmm. But one thing is when I when I talked about that standard, your word is your bond. You can't break. If you break your word, you're nothing. That's and it follows you. It's done. You're done. It's your name is done. You're, you're just, no matter what your sentence is, you might as well die. That's how. That's how. That's how critical it is. You know, if, if you know, if I tell you, hey man, you know, send me ten noodles, and I'll, I'll give you sixteen back Friday. If I give you thirteen, you, you violate it. <laughs> Because that's not true. I totally agree. I love it. I love it. And this is the thing. It's it's not really about the noodles. No. It's it's about the principle. Absolutely. So you should be able, so for myself anyways, people knew in prison I was a man of honor and integrity. I I always got along with everybody. So in in the federal system, wherever I was, if you were from Michigan, you were just from Michigan. We didn't care about color, creed, religion, none of that. As long as you were an honorable person, Mm -hmm. you know, there was a standard. Right. And honorable, there's certain rules that apply and, and, and that subculture, um, as long as you were that stand-up guy, you know, you took your time like a man, and you, you always were fine, you, you got along. Kept yourself, I, yeah, mind um, your business. So for myself. Well, I, you, you don't keep to yourself. And that, that's what yeah. you, you, if you keep to yourself, you're kind of weird. Someone's wondering about, you're hiding something. Got yes. it. Okay, because you can't be, a, I was around 7,500 people. I was in the biggest wall prison in the world in Jackson. So if you're individual, something's wrong. That that doesn't look right. So you're up to something, okay? You might not be, but you better find, be able to fit into society, and that's that society. You better click with somebody. Well, you, you have. I don't. I don't know if it's click. It's just like you need to exist in the world. Yeah. You know, it's like you if, can't in your neighborhood. You if you never come out, what would the neighbors think? That's <laughs> creepy over there, right? And, and that's I thing. got it. I got it. Gotcha. So you were telling me a story about somebody literally thought, like, is this dude even real? Tell, tell that story. Yeah. So uh, somebody watched the podcast. Um, they seen me, you know, seen you interview me. And they were asking, like, hey, is this guy really real? And, you know, the question, it was it was a honest question. And, and the reason is, you know, you're the sheriff of Genesee County, uh, which is Flint mostly, mm-hmm. uh, African-American majority city. Uh, you're the the product prototypical white guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at him. He is literally the, <laughs> is the so, and they're wondering like, is he can a, a person that looks like Chris be as genuine as he portrays? Can somebody who looks like this actually be as genuine as they portray? And uh, I told them, listen, I would try to convince you that he's a good guy, but I don't really need to because I've talked to him enough to know. And his favorite line is, "Don't listen to me." Just watch what I do. That's it. Don't listen to me and watch what I do. Yep. So, you know, in prison, it's it's the same concept. Yep. In prison, I'm going to tell you this. In, in federal <laughs> prison, you used to have to have what was called your PSI, your PSR. It was your pre-sentence report. Got it. And in that report, it would indicate whether or not you were an informer yeah. 
or 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 had done something you know uh, uh, you know an offense that was considered of lower level yeah. all kinds of things you understand yeah, a disrespectful um, offense so what happened was the the bureau of prisons got they got they got hip to it and they're like man you know what um we need to restrict access to this so when I went to prison, everybody walked in with their PSR. Right. Eventually, they 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 barred you from even having it. Got yeah. it. Um, and said you can't have it anymore. But guys would still. You can never hide from your past. Your past you can never hide from. Guys Great line right there. Listen to that. Yeah. You can never hide from your past. No, no, it's always going to find you, no matter what. I don't. That's care. why I own mine. Yeah, yeah, and and, and you can never hide from it, and I don't care. You Absolutely. know, um, and and unlike the state of Michigan. The Bureau of Prisons is nationwide, mm-hmm. but even if you're from Michigan and in California, and if something if you were not a good person, it would find you in California because somebody was going to show up and say, "Hey, man, that dude right. did A, B, and C at yeah. that prison." Yeah. No matter what. So, but he this, locked up and took all my stuff. This is <laughs> and, and, yeah, and so yeah. and so the reality is yeah. when you when I say that I, it's in this line after even after. You know, they took all the, the paperwork and everything. I never needed anybody's paperwork. Got it. I could just watch you. Yeah, absolutely. I could just watch you. Just sit back and watch. Because you might act a certain way for a month. You might Oh, yeah, two consistency. Months. But by the third month, your true nature is going to come out. Yep. And the way you carry yourself is going to probably say everything anybody needs to know about you. That and is so powerful, that's man. That's important. Um, and you'd you still know, use that skill now. I do it all the time now here because people tell you all kinds of stuff. Right. It's a survival. Um, you know, it is. when, when I came home, people had different expectations of me. Mm-hmm. Not only expectations, they just didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't know. People didn't know a lot. They didn't know that when I was in prison, I got my degrees, uh, you know, from Indiana State University. I got my college degree. They didn't know that I had started all the programming, including the one with the federal judge. They didn't know any of that. Um, they didn't know that Judge Friedman was part of my, you know, he would talk to these guys. They just thought Danny was coming home, the old school Danny. Oh my God. You know, yeah. then I come home and I'm being interviewed by the sheriff of Tennessee County. <laughs> and they're like, how did this happen? And like, like you, only, you haven't even been out a year. I, I've now been out for 16 months. Okay, yeah. all right, months. all right. I've been out for 16 months now. Um, wow. So, yeah. so when he was saying, he, you know, he went, I went at 19, I, I did 27 and a half. So I've been in the free world maybe 21 years. Yeah. So I'm That's just now allowed to, I guess, be allowed to drink. I guess yeah. it's just legal now. No doubt. <laughs> you know. And are you learning how to drive and, li- and navigate through uh, uh, Google Maps yet? You know, the, thank God for Google Maps. I would it never find me. anywhere. I would never find anywhere. Without I don't Google, know, I, I, don't know I, how I could have never survived. So, John Nell, I got to ask yeah, you, yeah. in prison, and yeah. you don't have to say the name, but was there ever a dude that it took you a while to figure out, and when you did, you realized that, okay, they're 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 solid. Like, you just couldn't figure them out. No. And what, it, what, it, what was the trigger? What was the tipping point? I think... One of the things is God has always blessed me with the ability to read people. You know, like I can see things because I pay attention to details yeah. that most people don't even care about, right? Like I can look at your hair and the effort that you put in your hair tells me something about who you are as a person, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, the effort that you put in expressing yourself, right, tells me something about you. You know, everybody wants to be seen in a certain light. I don't care who you are. The worst person in the world would like to be seen by somebody in the best Mm. light. Sure. And my job is to be able to see that light because then I'm going to make you accountable for it. So I get along all gangs, right? You know why? Because I study their laws, right? So I know what you're supposed to be doing. 
Yeah. And so whatever that's going on that's outside of that, then I'm going to call you on it because you're faking. Because even if you're, even if you're not affiliated with that gang, it doesn't matter because the fact yeah. I, I still need to know, hmm. it, you know, I, just just if you don't know what you're up against, you don't know the rules of the game, you gonna yep. fail. So I gotta be able to survive by understanding what's going on, how you operating. 